Welcome and thank you for joining us today on our podcast. I'm Marvin Telemontis, the pastor of River Rock Fellowship. Hope this inspires you and builds up your faith and helps you to see that God is moving in your life. Enjoy the message. I'm going to go ahead and introduce our uh, speakers this morning. Some of you may know them if you've been a part of the um, Holy Spirit class from uh, last winter. Um, they are uh, Sterling and Julie Sawyer. You guys can come on up. This couple is absolutely incredible. And I love it because my mic is on right now and theirs isn't. So I get to talk about them and they don't get to interrupt me. <laughs> they are so incredible. And they have always left me feeling not just um, educated on this subject, but edified. That's a word that the Lord has been reminding me of lately. And they have done such a wonderful job teaching. They're so uh, well-rounded in their knowledge that I believe you guys will leave here feeling smarter because I know I do every time I talk to them. Uh, But also you'll have a deeper understanding relationship. So uh, get ready. These guys are absolutely awesome. And I believe you'll learn just a little bit more about your friend, the Holy Spirit. So go ahead and give them a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. Hello, how are you? We're so glad to be here today. Uh, what an honor. We love uh, Pastor Marvin and Chris. They're just delightful people. How blessed you are to have them as pastors. I hope you honor them. I hope you honor them as I'm sure you do. That was a wonderful communion. Wonderful communion, yeah, Lauren. That was just yeah. such perfect. It was just perfect. Sterling and I, as Lauren said, we love to teach on the Holy Spirit. It's one of our favorite topics. It's, it has, he has been a life-changing person in our lives. And um, we're just so excited to chat with you about that. Sterling and I, we teach very differently. Mm-hmm. I am a storyteller. I love to share the stories of my life and the incredible goodness of God and what amazing, uh, miraculous things he's done in my life. And Sterling loves to teach. And so somehow the Lord kind of puts us together in a way that works. I never know how. At the end of it, I'm thinking, I don't know how that worked, Lord, but praise God. And so I hope that you um, uh, will sit back and enjoy as we talk about being a friend of the Holy Spirit. Right. Hallelujah. He is such a good friend. And um, the Holy Spirit comes to you, and he comes to this church. I, I don't know whether you sense it, but he's been waiting to come. He's been pressing in. There's a revival that's been held and waiting for this day, this hour. And uh, he wants to bring that forward today. He's waiting for his, uh, his saints to mature and to become ready to hear what he has to say and to move into those things. There's a quote um, that I, I came across recently that I like, uh, that I think is kind of useful. It says, it is the love of the Father that proposes it all It is the grace of the Son that provides it all, and it is the communion of the Spirit that performs it all. What we're seeing in the church is that the church often has an understanding that the Father's orchestrated things, that he's set things in motion. And we also have an understanding that that, uh, Jesus has provided it, that he's provided the sacrifice, and that he's moved forward to those things. But where the church... I think is, is struggling worldwide, mm-hmm. is that it doesn't have an understanding that it is the Spirit that performs the work, and that we have to allow the Spirit to flow with us and through us 
to actually accomplish the work that he has for us. Corrie Ten Boone, I don't know if you remember her, an amazing saint. She said, trying to do the Lord's work in your own strength is confusing, exhausting, and tedious of all work. She says, but when you're filled with the Spirit, the ministry of Jesus just flows out of you. And I, I think as people who have worked for the Lord uh, for a number of years in a number of capacities, I've seen those times when I have struggled. I have sweat, I have bled, I have done everything, and it really didn't come out that good. Sometimes by His grace, it, can, it still accomplished something. But when I have flowed with his spirit, when I've simply stepped back and really let him have control, then it flows much better and he accomplishes so much more. So uh, the spirit is, is here to touch you. He's here to touch your church. And then through that, he's here to touch your community and your world. And that's the good news. That is the good news. I'm so thankful for that. It's interesting because I, while Sterling was talking, I was thinking about John 6, 63, where it says the spirit uh, produces life and the flesh profits nothing. Right. And I was thinking about the fact that so often we spend so much time in the flesh trying to produce something good for the Lord to the end have it actually produce nothing in the kingdom of God, nothing of value anyway. And I think about that when I think about my book. I actually wrote a book. This is my book. And um, it's an interesting thing. It took me 15 years to write 100 pages. It's 15 years. I could have done it in one sitting had I not done so much work in the flesh. And then I would go back and look at it and go, this isn't right. And then I would wait and then I wouldn't write. And then it's back and forth and forth and back till I finally just laid it all out and surrendered to the Holy Spirit and said, okay, whatever you want. I don't care. Just whatever you want. I just have got to get this done. It's like the pressure of the Lord on your life to finish something he asked you to finish. And so finally, after all of those years, I finally sat down and finished writing this book. So, unfortunately, most of us have seen the Holy Spirit used and abused in our churches. We've seen that come across wrong. And uh, it, it's, I, I don't know why so many people have, have portrayed the Holy Spirit in such strange ways, but they have. Some churches use the Holy Spirit as their entertainment. That's the clown that comes in and and keeps you all happy and, and, and so forth. And in some churches, that's the, uh, the tingle and the goosebumps that you're supposed to have. And that proves that the pastor is doing something. In all of these ways, we've, we've either excluded the Holy Spirit or we've brought him in in a clown suit. But we haven't actually allowed him just to walk in and be the presence of Jesus in the place. And that's what he's waiting for. That's what he really wants. Mm -hmm. He's the bubbling presence of the Lord. He is the energy, the energy of the Lord. He has come to bring that energy and to bring that life to each one of us. Mm -hmm. He makes up what we lack. He brings the courage that we often lack. Uh, he brings the boldness that we uh, also often lack and have trouble bringing forth. He's certainly not supposed to be the joke. He's not supposed to be just 
Or left out entirely. Or left out, I absolutely. Think, I think that's what happens more often than the joke. It's more of these just completely left out. And there's some, mm -hmm. t t some places that don't even really speak of the Holy Spirit or the power of the Holy Spirit. And I think a lot mm. of times when we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit, we want the power of the Holy Spirit, but in order to really have the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you, we have to be friends with him. We Amen. have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Just like we have a relationship with Jesus, we need to be talking to the Holy Spirit. This last year, I felt like the Lord told me in the beginning of the year to begin to pray a certain prayer. And that is to just tell the Holy Spirit, I want to be friends with him. I want to have a friendship with you. I want to be a person on the earth that you can use in any capacity, in any way, at any time. Whether I'm at Walmart or at the dentist or at church, I give you freedom to use me anytime you want. Now, there's two things there. One is he obviously works in power. He obviously wants to be our friends. But at some point, it has to come down to simply being obedient to what he says. Yeah obedient to what he says. If he tells you in the dentist's office, the little lady sitting next to you, she's had a hard year. Tell her that the Lord has good things planned for her. Mm -hmm. And then just turn around and do it. Just say, okay, Lord. Now you might be a little bit like me, where I go, me? You want me to say that? <laughs> well, I'm sure you have somebody else here and there's nobody you but her and that girl in the whole place. And, and so finally you just surrender. You surrender your life and say, Lord, Anything you ask me to do, I will do, period. Even if it makes me uncomfortable, even Amen. if it makes me feel like, feel like stupid or something, I feel like, oh, she, she doesn't want me to say that, Lord. But actually, when you speak those words, they're life to that person. They're an encouragement that gives them the desire to go forward. And the Holy Spirit wants to do that all over this city, but he needs you and I to be able to do that. Amen. Mm -hmm. And, and I know you're open to that. I, I feel it in your presence. Yes, I, I feel yes, it in absolutely. your prayers. Mm -hmm. You know, the Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. Absolutely. And as you spend time with the Spirit, and as you spend time stepping out with the Spirit, stepping out in faith, mm -hmm. you will find that you grow more and more comfortable mm -hmm. with the Spirit, just like you become more comfortable with anything else. And the fact that the Spirit's been misused in different places and at different times that should have no bearing on you. You can use the Holy Spirit correctly. Mm -hmm. You can use the Holy Spirit right. Your pastor is inviting more of the Spirit into this church. Amen. And he wants the Spirit to be received as a respected friend. Yeah. Amen. You know? And Amen. so that's what we're about. I already kind of alluded to this, but a, a, a pressure, a, a prophetic pressure has been on me for years. And if I could just kind of uh, state it, I would say that, that I have this prophetic sense that the Lord has been waiting, that he's been holding back a revival, a huge revival, maybe the biggest ever, maybe the last ever, I don't know, but he's holding this back, waiting until we on this planet mature enough to use the Holy Spirit properly, that we cooperate with the Spirit and that we allow the Spirit to do in these last days what He wants to do. These are dark days. We need the Spirit of light. We Amen. need the Spirit of truth. We need the Spirit of Christ more than ever. Mm -hmm. And not just so. in the church, but in the cities that we dwell in. Not just in the building where everybody in the building are Christians. We need the Holy Spirit present 
like I said, at the dentist, at Walmart, all over the city. And basically, that requires you to surrender your, to, your, to the Holy Spirit wherever you are and do whatever he says, even if it makes you feel a little uncomfortable. In fact, in spite of the fact that it makes you a little bit uncomfortable. Yes. So the Lord's waiting for his saints to mature enough mm -hmm. to be able to move in the spirits, not for games, not for making money, but for building the kingdom and setting things up for the return of Jesus. That day is now. It's dawning right now. It's opening right now. And the Lord has picked you to be alive in this day. He's picked you to be alive in this age. Whether you feel equipped or not, whether you feel like I'm, I got a little too much gray, he doesn't care. Doesn't he, care. He said, I picked you to be here at this time. And that's partly because we are going to open the door to the Holy Spirit operating in power. Amen. And this invites that return of the Lord. Amen. So uh, the purpose of being touched by the Spirit, you know, because that's where it really comes down to. A lot of people were touched by the Spirit. And when they touch, were touched, an infinite God touches you and it kind of knocks you over sometimes. I mean, literally, I've seen people knocked over. Mm. I've seen people shake. I've seen people cry. You know, the fact that we have a little a bit of emotion when the Lord touches us isn't completely out of bounds. Mm -mm. I mean, when, when we first came to the Lord and bowed our knee and admitted that we were sinners and confessed that sin, sometimes that came with some tears too. Yeah. Yeah. But the fact is, is that doesn't need to define the rest of your relationship. No. Every time you come into church, you're not sobbing because the no. first time you did, you, you sobbed. There's a difference that occurs there as we continue to walk with the Lord. So what I like to say is that we must remember that the important thing about being touched by the Spirit is the Spirit. Yeah, the Holy Spirit. That's what's not, most important. Not how it affected our flesh. Mm -mm. If we got goosebumps or not, that's, that's, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But the Spirit touched us. Mm -hmm. And the Spirit will touch us again. And what he wants to do in that, and, and, and it's still okay to have emotions, but what he wants to do in that is for us to keep our eyes on him. Yeah. I kind of look at the Elijah-Elisha thing. If you remember that story, I love that story. We don't have time for it today. But when Elijah is going to be taken up, Elisha's promised a double portion of his spirit if he can do what? If he can keep his eyes on his master when he's taken up if he keeps his eyes on his master. That was an emotional moment. I mean, there's chariots of fire, there's a whirlwind, his master's taken up. If there was a time to, to lose track and to not watch what you're supposed to watch, that's it. But that is very much like the experience of being touched by the Holy Spirit. When we're touched by the Holy Spirit, we need to stay on track. What is the Spirit trying to do? Do I need a healing? Is he touching me for healing? Is he giving me a word? Is he giving a word through me to somebody else? I need to be paying attention to what the Spirit is saying. Amen, amen. And so if you get goosebumps or you feel a little shaky or feel a little teary, it's okay. That isn't, a de isn't the defining factor though. Because mm -hmm. then what happens if the Holy Spirit moves and you don't have goosebumps, all of a sudden you think, well, the Holy Spirit isn't here. Mm -hmm. So we don't want to define the Holy Spirit by those things, but we want to understand that sometimes our flesh responds that way when the Holy Spirit is present. And so that's okay. What the important thing is, isn't so much our emotional response, which those things happen, 
what really is most important is that the Holy Spirit is present and he is actively doing something in that moment. And we want to have our attention toward that place. The hard part when our emotions are kind of going wacko is that's kind of where our attention is. We're paying attention to what's going on in our bodies because that's what we are normally doing. But where our attention really needs to be is, okay, Holy Spirit, you're present. What is it that you want to do in this place? Yeah, when the Holy Spirit touches our flesh, we can either pay attention to our flesh or to the Spirit. And we live in the flesh, so we tend to pay attention to the flesh. It's natural. But what we want to pay attention to is, in fact, the Spirit. Amen. Amen. Okay. So um, Jesus was full of the Spirit when he was born. It's his Spirit. You know, he didn't have to be filled with the Spirit. He was already there, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. So at 12, we see him enter the temple. And what does he want to do? He starts teaching and the the rabbis are amazed he's ready to begin ministry at 12 years of age but you notice he's not actually allowed to do that he has to wait another 18 years and at the end of that 18 years he meets up with john the baptist and john the baptist baptizes him and yet another portion of the spirit is given to jesus the holy spirit comes down as a dove and alights upon Jesus. At that point, he's released to go and begin his ministry. I don't know if you've ever noticed that, but it's that at the point of the second touch of the Spirit that Jesus is actually released. Also, I like to, as I'm reading through the Bible, I like to see now Jesus is moving in a lot of gifts. Oh, there's the gift of ministry or uh, prophecy. There's the gift of healing. There's the gift of uh, the word of knowledge. I'm seeing Jesus move in gifts all throughout the Bible. And when he's not operating in a gift, he's walking in the office of teacher or he's walking in the office of prophet. So he's either using the gifts or the offices. So that brings up a question. If Jesus, and if we had time, we could go into the fact that the apostles have to have the second touch before they move out as well. But what I want to point out is if Jesus had to wait for a second touch of the Holy Spirit before he could begin building the kingdom, what makes us think we don't need to be touched by the Spirit again as well? We do. If he needed it, we need it. On the day of Pentecost, the, the Spirit first came down and began to, to touch those 120 in that upper room. And uh, that, uh, let me just read it out of Acts 2 here. Uh, or maybe you want to read it. Huh? Yeah, I'd love to read it. Okay. okay. It says, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. That was Acts 2, 1 through 4. So the Spirit came down and he touched each one of them individually. That's kind of important. It wasn't just in mass, the, the tongues divided and separated and touched each person. Each person was anointed individually. That's because we're all individuals and God wants to do a special work through each one of us. Amen. And it'll be a little different with each one of us. So 
Uh, that's powerful. Now, if we skip down to verse 14, you want to continue on there? Sure, babe. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice, and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine, nine in the morning, so they're not drunk. <laughs> uh, no, th if they were, that'd be real trouble. Okay, no, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last day, God, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even when my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of our Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So that's, Woo, that's a good scripture right there. That is good. That's what, in a sense, Peter uses to christen the ship, the Christian ship, as it's launched out on its maiden voyage. Here the church starts. That day, 3,000 are added. It's a powerful day. It's an amazing day. Mm -hmm. And Peter says, what you've been seeing, this is the gift of the Holy Spirit. And they were seeing tongues. They were hearing the gospel in their own language. Uh, I'm, I'm sure most of you are familiar with the story. But he says in the last days, but they're just beginning the church in a sense. And then he says here, the sun will be turned, at the, at the end of this in verse 20, he says, the sun will be turned to darkness and all of this. That hasn't happened yet. Mm -mm. So this, this Joel 2 starts out here at the christening of the church, but it will continue until the very end of the church. This gifting is meant for the entire New Testament. This is what starts the New Testament. This is what will end the New Testament. This is the whole thing, is, is this gifting. And he's talking about the Spirit's poured out on everybody, male and female. This is why in, in, in your denomination, in this church, a woman can actually teach, is, is partly based on this verse right here, that the Spirit will be poured out even on women. So, <laughs> Don't look at me that way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to be in trouble later. But on the young, on the old, yes. on the, the slave and the free, the people with high status, the people with low status, mm -hmm. God doesn't care. He's going to pour out his spirit on anyone and everyone mm -hmm. who will listen. And That's he so will cool. use that spirit even throughout the entire church age to the very end when weird, crazy things are happening and the earth is blowing up here. He's going to be using his spirit even at that point. Yeah. And that's why the spirit is important today because we're moving into some pretty dark, pretty crazy days. If you ever needed the spirit, you need the spirit today. Amen. That's Amen. just part of the whole thing. Absolutely. And it's an interesting thing because I think sometimes we think that if you're really mature in the Lord, well, then the Holy Spirit will use you. But in fact, the very first time that I was ever used really powerfully in the Holy Spirit 
was at a time when I was not very old mm -mm. in the Lord at all. And I was driving. One day. I think, One day. <laughs> well, no, it was a little later than that. But anyway, um, he knows uh, no. all my stories. But anyway, <laughs> I was driving with a lady who was well known mm. in our community. And um, as I was driving, I was just driving her home. I was just the lady that gave the, the this older lady a, a ride home. I didn't even know her very well. And I knew a little bit about her, but not much. I felt sorry for her more than anything else, to be honest with you. But while we're driving there, the Holy Spirit asked me to ask her how long she'd been addicted to prescription drugs. And I personally thought, what? I don't know who you're talking to. Do you know who I'm driving home? This lady is well known in the community. I'm not asking her that. I'm not saying that. I don't know what you're talking about. And this woman's just talking along and I'm just, I'm talking to the Holy Spirit. And so we're getting closer and closer to her home to make a long story short. I, and I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. And yet that the presence and power of the Holy Spirit is in that car. And I know if I don't obey, then, you know, then I won't obey and I don't want to be that person. And so he's pressuring me. I feel like he's pressuring me. And so finally, I just looked at her. We we're getting closer and closer to the house. And I finally, and I didn't know how to say it because I thought this isn't a good thing to say. I wouldn't like somebody to say this to me. And so finally, we got closer to her house. And I almost just said it to her like, well, how long have you been addicted to prescription drugs? And she just starts crying her eyes out. And Jesus came in and set that woman free of an addiction to prescription drugs that had gone on in her life for years and years and years and years. And I was young in the Lord. I would not have been the person I would have chosen to do that. I would not have been that person. It doesn't matter if you're old in the Lord or young in the Lord. If you're available, he will use you. Amen. He will. And, and here you have these people, they're minding their 120, they're minding their own business, praying a little bit, and the Spirit comes in, boom, and there's an explosion. Mm -hmm. A really funny thing happens there. These people do something that's never been done before, for this reason at least. They rushed out of church. They were not trying to beat the, the Baptist to Denny's. They were... <laughs> <laughs> they, they, but they rushed out of the church. Always before when the, when the Spirit fell, people just went and kneeled and, and lay before the presence, the Shekinah glory of the Lord. They stayed there as long as the presence was there. Here the Spirit falls in the New Testament and they explode out of the building. Why? Because they're carrying the Spirit to the community. They carry it outside, Amen. and that's why 3,000 were saved, is because they were willing to go out with the Spirit. It's great to receive the Spirit here. It's great to practice here. This is safe territory. Uh -huh. This is a good place to begin your walk and, and exercise in the Spirit. The church is kind of like training wheels, okay? But out there is the real world. That's the real work. And that's where we need to, you know, at, at Denny's, at, at uh, Walmart or wherever. That's where We're we driving need. a lady home, just being yeah. willing to drive this lady home wherever the Lord wants to. So the Holy Spirit, his mission is for us to work outside of the church. Amen. And that happens through the power of the Holy Spirit as we go out. Yeah. So that is the mission of the church. Mm -hmm. yeah. So the Holy Spirit is the key to the church's purpose, right. providing us power and wisdom. When I was with that woman in the car, the power of God was in there. I didn't set her free from 30 years of addiction to prescription drugs. She ended up having to have her leg cut off because of the amount of injury that she had done to herself physically because of the addictions that she had. But, but you know what? God's 
God, he, the Holy Spirit provided power in that moment to be able to do something that was way beyond my ability or even understanding. I was blown away completely. And he wants to do the same thing with you and I. Absolutely. So the purpose of this touch is to transform us Amen. or to transform others. That's the purpose of this. It's allowing God's power to be there, to do the healing, to do the, the cleaning, to do whatever it is that's required. So when we're filled with God's power, we become witnesses for Christ, sharing his, his message with boldness and effectiveness. I've tried to share the gospel sometimes and uh, it's come off pretty rough. It's come off pretty rough. But I've had other times where even when God says do this or do that, do some, do it in a strange way, it's still come off. I've told this story to some of your uh, people before, but uh, I took this young man out to lunch. And we were talking about the Lord because he was, he was kind of interested. And the Lord uh, told me, turn to Deuteronomy whatever. I forget the chapter now, but I, I'm thinking, you know, I, I should probably be turning to John 3.16, Lord. You know, <laughs> I want to tell him how this is supposed to work. You know, have you ever wanted to tell God how he's supposed to do his work? And, but anyway, I, I listened and I turned to some weird chapter in Deuteronomy. And, and as soon as I turned there, it's highlighted for me in my I can just see what I'm supposed to read. So I begin reading it. And I think, oh, this will be really good. And then as I'm reading it, I go, boy, I have never seen this scripture before. It just got inserted 10 minutes ago. I've never seen this thing before in my life. And I'm reading this, and I'm not picking up anything. I'm not picking up anything. And I'm about ready to get to the end of this paragraph, and uh, at which point I'm supposed to say something intelligent. And I have no clue why I'm on this verse. I have no clue whatsoever. And I am just inside, I have this really holy prayer. God, 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 help. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and I'm wondering, and I'm about ready to say, oops, I made a mistake. I meant to turn somewhere else. And I, I'm about ready to flip to John 3.16. Because that's our verse. <laughs> <laughs> because that makes sense, right? If you're leading, trying to lead somebody to the Lord. Amen. And uh, I finished this, this uh, paragraph or so that the Lord has assigned me to read, and I'm, I can't even look up. I don't even want to make eye contact. I'm staring at that verse, and I'm still waiting for a revelation to drop in, and I have nothing. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, this guy pipes up, and he goes, Wow, that's an amazing verse. And I go, It is? <laughs> and he goes, Yeah. You mentioned five things in that verse, or seven things, I forget what it was, and he said, every one of those happened to me this week, in that order. Boom, 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 boom. <coughs> and at that moment, then the Lord gave me the rest of it. Sometimes you gotta step out before it comes to you. Yeah. And at that moment, he brought the rest of it to me, and he said, and I was able to say to this young man, I said, not only does he know your last week, he knows your next week, and the one after, and the one after. And it, he wants you to dedicate your life to him so he can begin directing you. You know, that was a powerful witness to him. And afterwards, I actually told him, I didn't know why I went to that verse. I told him that I had to step out in faith. You know, that also told him something about Christianity. 
Sometimes you've got to do the thing you don't understand. You, sometimes you've got to step out in faith. Amen. And, oh. and even though it's hard, even though it's hard. So, and you know what? As believers, we are called to share the gospel. We have to be able to share the gospel. We have to be familiar enough with the Holy Spirit, familiar enough with Jesus and how he wants to use us in the world around us, with our children, everywhere around us. We have to be prepared to say yes to the Holy One Spirit. One thing I'd interject really quickly here is uh, uh, the touch of the Spirit is not just a one-time event. Smith Wigglesworth uh, says, uh, uh, was, was asked once, why do you preach so much on the Holy Spirit? And he says, because I leak. I have to keep talking about being filled with the Spirit because I leak. We just lose some of what we had over time. Amen. And so we need to be touched by the Spirit occasionally. We need to be refilled and, and topped off. We need that second touch. Mm -hmm. It's an interesting thing because really Sterling and I could talk to you. We have done weeks and weeks and weeks on the Holy Spirit and trying to get this thing in this little tiny time frame has been really challenging. But, you know, I feel like if you just start this week and say, Holy Spirit, I want to be a friend of you. I just want to be your friend. I want, yeah. to, be, I want to be someone on the earth that you can use. Just a simple thing like that. And then all of a sudden you're going to find yourself in this place and the Holy Spirit's going to say, tell that person, even though it's been a hard week, it's been a hard year, God has wonderful things planned for them in the coming time. And so we're just thrilled to be able to talk with you about the Holy Spirit. Let's go ahead and pray. <clears throat> Amen. Lord, just, yeah, Holy Spirit, just yeah. come. You're welcome in this place. You're Lord. welcome in this place. You're welcome in our lives. We desire to be your friend. Mm -hmm. Lord, we ask that you fill us to overflowing with your spirit, just as you promised. Lord, whoever mm -hmm. believes in me, as the scripture has said, the rivers of living water will flow from within them. We desire to be a vessel through which your spirit can flow out to others. You are the deep that calls to our depths. Mm. And Lord, we yield ourselves. We want to be a partner with the Holy yes, Spirit. Lord, we want the gifts of the Holy Spirit to flow through us and to build this church and to build the church. Lord, we pray that your will would be done and that your kingdom would come here on earth. As it is in heaven. Yes, Hallelujah. Lord. And as we seek to be filled with your Spirit, Lord, we recognize that yet you desire for us to be obedient to the things you ask of us. And Lord, I pray for um, just a spirit of boldness, Lord, in this sanctuary, in this church, and in these people, Lord, that we would be bold to obey whatever it is you ask. Lord, we ask all of these things in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Right. Thank you so much. So remember this week, be a friend of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, God bless you. God bless you. Well, we hope this message helps you to take your next step closer to Jesus. Here's a great question to ask yourself right now. How will I be different because of what I just heard today? Well, for more info about us, go to rrf.church or find us on Facebook. I'm Pastor Marvin thanking you for taking the time to join us.